You know how once you're dreading something, you procrastinate doing anything about it? Why, hello. Happy Mama Monday. I hope you're going easy on yourself today, no matter what day it is for you, but especially if it's Monday. Well, first of all, let me just say, I'm always in the best mood, if you haven't noticed, and I have a Bailey's coffee in my hand. Uh, and you know what? I feel like this is our weekly coffee date, check-in, catch-up time anyways. And I was just thinking of like the gratitude that I have for this podcast and my own mama in the sense that like I get to take the time to think and sit and reflect about like my week and what's kind of been going on and to actually make that a real tangible thing is uh, a very vulnerable feeling and <laughs> I have chocolate in my mouth, so I'm sorry if I'm talking weird. Um, <laughs> yes, chocolate and Baileys. This is why I'm smiling right now. Like, how can you not? Um, but it really is, like, a really cool invitation for me to just sit and reflect and take the time to be creative. It gives me something to do, like, and it also gives me an an excuse to rest, like make time for intentional resting and settling the fuck down because I can't record anything creative or heartfelt or meaningful or just anything in general if I'm feeling the normal anxiety of like regular life. Like I did notice throughout the week that I was feeling a lot of anxiety and like busy, busy mind. And even now I'm noticing my mind is quite fixated. Um, but like I say, my own mama is that excuse and reason to sit and rest. And I've talked about rest before, how like I'm kind of understanding, I'm starting to learn the difference between resting and laziness or like doing nothing. And I don't like derogatory worm words like laziness, but in the sense that like if you're lying, if I'm lying down and beating myself up mentally, like, oh, you should be doing this, like, you should be doing this, da 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 da, da. I'm not actually going to feel rested after taking that time to lie down and I will have accomplished nothing. <laughs> so it's like a double whammy fuck you um, to myself. So with my own mama, it is that time of like taking intentional time to rest where it's like, I'm not checking my phone for the morning. I am running without music. Like I'm not, I'm trying not to get sucked into distractions and just regulating with the rhythm of life. Like what comes up, comes up. What doesn't, doesn't. And instead of like numbing and distracting, like lying down and throwing on a movie, I'm lying down and just laying down. And it's not going to be 100% comfortable unless my mind is calm and like compassionate to myself. Interestingly, my meditation this morning with Headspace, which by the way, there's a free 30-day guest pass if you ever like wanted to try it for free. Um, But the quote that resonated was, 
compassion and awareness are the same thing. So it's kind of interesting, like, if I'm lying down, setting time, setting intentional time aside to rest without numbing and distracting, without being on my phone or throwing on a movie or eating my face off or whatever, then I'm laying in the moment, potentially bored, potentially uncomfortable, potentially beating myself up mentally, but then I can notice that, become aware of that, and have compassion for myself within that. And then I'm actually resting. Then I can lie down and just lay and feel like the cozy blanket around me and like kind of rub my own arm or whatever. And like, it's vulnerable sharing these things with you because it is kind of like embarrassing. I know my one friend said like, one time I want to listen to your podcast together and just like watch you get all embarrassed. And it's literally true. Like, I am a loose cannon here on this podcast. Y'all are my safe space, but I would definitely be cringing like (sighs) with the witness to this. So, but I just got to let it flow. You know this. I say things like I fuck up constantly. I embarrass myself all the time. Who knew that this podcast was going to be such a fucking like ego check of I'm basically learning by screwing up publicly. (laughs) is how it feels a lot of the time. And as I said that, I noticed the time was at 555. So, you know, it's true. But fuck. Um, That's another thing that I've been really thinking about is like, I feel so weak and inadequate. Um, And Rogan actually just posted about how like, he thinks that we are meant to struggle. And because this time of life is so much less like stress on survival than it has been in previous generations, there's a lot of anxiety, right? And like the mind will basically freak out if there's not enough hardship and adversity. And so that is another reason I am grateful for my own mama because it keeps me comfortably out of my comfort zone consistently. I don't know if that made sense, but if I'm ever thinking of like, what am I doing that's challenging me? I mean, my own mom is a no-brainer to start. Um, But like I say, it is also a source of comfort for me. And I was thinking, like, I'm really just letting this tangent fly right here in this intro, but let's just go for it. I was also thinking like how Goggins, like, you know, how Goggins inspires me in his workouts and stuff. And I was just thinking of like these hardcore athletes and stuff that I follow on Instagram and... Just like thinking, you know what, it's not that the workouts ever get easy, it's that they get less hard, potentially. But then if you're expanding your growth, you're going to keep that level of like pushing and struggle, but you can accomplish more. And that's like the idea of growth in general, like in any field that you want to apply it to, not just physically in the gym, but like maybe spiritually or emotionally or relationally, like if you're consistently pushing yourself, then certain things become less hard. Like, for example, if I'm having a, if I need to have a difficult conversation with someone like a boss, like, you know, this is going to be coming up. I'm going to have to talk to my employers about taking two months off and hoping that I have job security at the end of that. That conversation is still going to be immensely difficult for me but less so 
because I already practice having difficult conversations when I need to, in order to be my own mama, to protect myself and strengthen the relationship that I'm engaging with, right? Like episode 14 and a half, I talk about one of the hardest conversations I've ever had with my own mama, um, or like talking with my boss about like not being in my space or whatever. Like I'm consistently practicing being out of my comfort zone when it comes to certain things. And then maybe those things become less hard. It's not that it ever really becomes easy. It's not like the struggle is never really there. And I think that like, even if we're not struggling, then maybe we're struggling even more. Like if we're laying, if I'm lying down, right? Like I say, I'm not doing anything, but I'm beating myself up. That is actually harder than me laying down and taking the time to rest and re-up my stamina and give me more energy moving forward. So like either way, there's going to be a struggle, but at least in one sense, there can be like some progress taken to make down the road a little less hard. (laughs) So with all of that, I wanted to update you on my week. I swear, like, really, let's just talk about food here for a minute, because let's admit that this is like the best part of the podcast, (laughs) like, (laughs) reliving what I'm eating and drinking. Um, We went to Red Lobster for Breon's birthday this weekend, and we got, we, all three of us got the all-you-can-eat shrimp, and we pretty much ordered, like, all of them so that we could try them all, and I have to say... The sweet chili shrimp, I think, won it for me. But damn, the shrimp Alfredo, the coconut shrimp with the coconut sauce with like actual coconut chunks, the garlic shrimp, mm, 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 all you can eat. So um, they were gracious enough to give me the box of leftovers. I didn't know that you could get that after all you can eat, but Red Lobster for the win. So I just finished that and then um, Brian picked up my mom's favorite chocolate bar, giant size at the dollar store they were on sale, which happens to be one of my favorite chocolate bars, especially like we used to live across from 7-Eleven when I was a kid. So I have some like sweet treats that are my absolute go-to. The one chocolate bar that I was absolutely obsessed with is Cadbury's Fruit and Nut chocolate. So I am eating a delicious row of that with my coffee and Baileys. And because it's getting to be fall almost, I put some whipped cream and nutmeg and cinnamon and I'm dipping it in. I'm eating it with a banana. Like, mm, mm, this is the life. And this is what puts me in such a good mood. Um, besides all the morning routine that I actually made time for this morning because my own mama was my motivation to do so. So thank you. And the fact that you listen and show up is my accountability. It's like, you're there for me as much as I'm there for you. And I hope you feel like I'm there for you. That's my goal and intention. But, um, so I did that. We did that this week. We went for all you can eat shrimp at Red Lobster. And I don't know if this is going to translate in the pod, but I 
laughed so hard yesterday. We came back from Red Lobster and Breon, bless his soul, was coming inside the house with like a handful of something. He's always helping with something. And he almost completely lost his balance coming in, like falling off the shoe rack. And he teetered. And I was holding a full glass of milk where I'm like, I literally don't know how to help in this situation. I could just make this worse. So anyways, he's off balance trying to catch himself. And what comes out of his mouth is, geez, a loo. <laughs> is it, I... I wheezed laughing. I've never heard of that before. Apparently it's from Seinfeld. If y'all have listened to the episode with Breon, you can maybe appreciate like the idioms that come out of his mouth. I had like a list of my phone on the things that he, that he says, but geez, that was a new one that absolutely killed me. Um, so I just wanted to share that because it made my day. Um, another thing that happened this week was going to a photo shoot. No big deal. Model over here. <laughs> and when I tell you the truth behind the photo shoot, you'll realize how ridiculous that is. But, um, Amanda, and for the record, mamas, I did have what I wanted to talk about on this podcast, but I'm just like letting the, letting the story of this week unfold at its leisure. So, um, Amanda like shot out feelers for doing a photo shoot for branding for Lavender Task, her business. You've met Amanda, I think episode 16 or 15. And so I signed up originally, but then it just fell through whether or whatever. So she, she said another one, she set another one up and at the last minute I was like, yeah, okay, I'll come. So yes, it was not like scouting out like models. It was like, Hey, I need people. Like, can you be one of them? Like, yes. So, um, the other thing was in episode three, I talked to you about my breathwork experience with Amanda Welton, which I liken to exercising my demons. Um, and so a lot of the photos that she wanted were like raw experiences of that. She's like, there's enough stock photos of yoga and meditation and like calmness. So we don't have much as far as like the actual emotional intensity that can come up with breathwork, which is what she specializes in. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, fuck. And I didn't really realize that until I had already said yes. So I show up and the, it wasn't like the whole thing was this intensity. Like she wanted um, photos of her cacao ceremony and um, like a card pulling and a yoga experience and, and like different things too, that were like easier, which I want to say too, the card pulling experience. I've mentioned the cards before, how like that is something that I do sometimes when I just need like a specific message or like something is really on my heart and mind. And I just need some like clarity over it. I used to be a lot more into it. I used to do readings like all the time for myself and for friends, but, um, she actually bought the exact same deck that I have, which is the Rose Oracle reading by Rebecca Campbell. 
And so we went around in the circle. And to me, like what I'm realizing for photo shoots and modeling and stuff is like, it's, it's literally, it's just being real. Like I can't put on a show. It's the same with the podcast. I've just got to be me. I can't like put on a front of somebody else because that comes through. And I can tell the episodes where like, I'm not fully engaged or like at a certain point I become comfortable and then the podcast flows a lot more. And you know, you only hear the polished version. There's a lot of like editing and stuff that I cut that just doesn't feel like authentic to me or whatever. Right. So that was like with me as far as the photo shoot goes where I'm like, well, I'm just going to enjoy this cacao ceremony. I'm just going to enjoy these card readings. I'm not going to be like sexy. I'm not like, I'm not going to be, you know, photogenic in most of the photos, I'm sure, but I'm here for it. So anyway, so we're doing the card reading and pulling and stuff and everybody's like getting different cards. And one girl gets the card. I forget what it's called, but basically the message really resonated with me where it's like, basically just bloom, like be yourself, be your full self. The flower doesn't extend out to the bees it allows the bees to come to it. So all you have to do is be and like nourish yourself, flourish yourself and let life come to you. And I found that very like deeply reassuring. Um, and then it was my turn to pull. <laughs> so I pull a card, but it gets stuck. So two cards come out and Amanda's like, take both. Cause they both came out to you. So I'm like, okay, great. <sighs> so I took two cards And the first card was called the mystic rose, which was about love, compassion, devotion, humility, and grace. And if you remember, I ended off last week's podcast talking about humility and how that gives me courage to show up and share my story because humility is just understanding that I'm no better or worse than anybody else. So that gives me courage in sharing what my experience is. And as long as I keep it to my experience rather than like preaching or sharing like what you should or anything like that, then that's all I could do, right? Like what resonates, resonates, what doesn't, doesn't for you. Cause I think we all have similarities. We all have differences and we all have that in between. So I'll just stay in my lane and you can take whatever you want from it. But so that was a cool card, a cool like meta moment. And then the other card I got was listening to, it was like the inner child or something with that. And the description, like the brief description was about like inner mother and different like stuff like that. But it was like, oh my gosh, well, that's perfect. My own mama. And Amanda shouted me out. We both like smiled at each other. She's like, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Jasmine has a podcast, my own mama. So that card's perfect. I'm like, oh, stop. (laughs) So yeah. Anyway, it was very like, I feel where I meant to be right now. And as you know, I try to practice going outside of my comfort zone in small ways, if it feels right. Right. Which by the way, we're coming back to that, but, um, so it came time to an invitation. Like if anyone wants to let out emotions, I'm going to come around to each person and like, we'll photograph an experience or whatever. So I'm like, Oh God. So one girl like yells or whatever. And she was cool shit. We connected after actually, but, um, 
Yeah. And like everyone just kind of goes around. They're like, no, I think I'm good. I'll save my screaming for the car and all this stuff. Right. And he, she goes to the guy next to me and he really lets out a cry. And he, his card was Brotherhood of the Rose, which I've never even pulled that card before. It just so happens that that's like the only masculine card of the deck and he got it. So that was really cool. Um, and so then it's my turn and Amanda was like, so Jazz, like, do you have anything? <laughs> I'm like, I'll do it for you, girl. And let me tell you, mamas, <laughs> I yelled. Okay. And I was, it was not like a cute, like, ooh, like, ah, like, <laughs> no, it was like a guttural, like <sighs> delivering a baby cry. Um, but fuck it. That's real life. That was, I mean, I don't remember screaming like that in the breath work, but it was pretty fucking raw. So I was like, I'll just, I'm just going to let her have it. And then afterwards she wanted to do like a private, um, photo shoot with me. (laughs) I share this. I'm not trying to brag, but like, I just love Amanda. Okay. You guys know this. Um, And we just had like a wonderful experience, a wonderful time, a heart to heart and nothing new, nothing new. Um, and so this time around the photo shoot was paid and I was like, okay, well that's cool. Like bonus. Um, but it so happened that the amount that she gifted us was the amount that I got on a parking ticket (laughs) for parking too long, like past the expired time. So I was like, well, that's perfect. You know, I would have done it for free anyways. So that felt like a little meant to be thing this week, kind of a funny experience. Um, and then other than that, I was apartment shopping. I went to a flea market and found some like really cool stuff that I am, I have it held to the side. And if it's still available next week, I'm going to hopefully be making some purchases. The only thing is like size. Like I found this giant spindle and spinning wheel, like, like sleeping beauty style. And it's like got to be five feet long. Like it's massive and they want a hundred bucks for it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I think that could be such cool wall decor near my laundry area to make it like a laundry room. You know what I mean? Like decor, like, what? I mean, you can spend a hundred dollars on art, like let alone an actual functional wooden, like, well, it's not functional, but like 3d geometric wall design. Like, I don't know. That seems really cool. Um, And I was like on Instagram and saw something that came up that was like, there's a new design style that's come up, which is called dopamine decor. And it's basically like you collect things that make you happy and just like create a style by that. And so one thing, I don't know if I've shared this on the pod or not, but like two things that have been on my list forever for me to buy is a typewriter and an hourglass. And these are things like, I, you know, I have my freaking lists, but my one list is like things to buy. And it's been at the bottom of the list for like since before Jack. I just always keep my eyes open for it. Um, and the right ones just haven't come up because I'm very particular. This is why it also takes me forever to choose to tattoo because like I have a vision in my mind that like if it's not going to be translated, then I don't want it done. Like I'll just wait. 
So anyway, I I'm still on the hunt for an hourglass, but I got a new contract, mamas. I told you this. I got actually three new contracts, but two of them I met last week. One I met this week, and he is this sweet little 18-month-old who we'll call Leo. And oh my gosh, was he ever just the cutest little pumpkin? Anyway, on our excursion, we ended up passing a yard sale and there was a typewriter and I was asking about it. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I, the only thing is I'm looking for a black one, but they're so hard to find. Da, da, da. And that one was actually typing, which I'm like, that's crazy. Like usually typewriters are not, you know, functional at the very least. And he was like telling me about how, like, where'd you go to school? And I was like, oh, I went to this school. And he's like, oh, I went there too. He's like, I used this typewriter at that high school because we didn't have computers. I was like, no way. That's so cool. Da da da. And basically at the end, he was like, you know what? Just take the typewriter. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, you can just have it. Like, I don't think it's worth that much. And, and da 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 da. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Amazing. But the only downside, mamas, was I asked him, like, oh, thank you so much. Like, what's your name? And he said his name was Carter. I'm like, wow, fuck. <laughs> Not actually Carter, but the same name as, you know. But anyway, that was kind of like a fun little meant to be like apartment bringing me joy um, moment and meeting the cutest little snuggle bug for my contract. Um, Not to brag, he totally cried when I left. <laughs> I was like, oh. Even though I don't want you crying, but like also I'm flattered. Um, so where I left you off last, mamas, here we go. Intro coming to a close, 26 minutes in, was finding the apartment, figuring out vehicle stuff, figuring out accommodations in Texas, and figuring out work as far as that two-month break goes. So I filled you in on the apartment. Next is the car. So it's interesting because as I was listening back to last week's podcast, I realized I am not being my own mama by driving around in this vehicle that like, I can't drive myself down to Texas in that situation. That's not me being my own mama. It's not lining up right with what I want to emulate for myself and for others. So I was like, okay, I need to get to the bottom of vehicle stuff. So, you know how once you're dreading something, you procrastinate doing anything about it? It's like, I just watched a movie where the the girl, think, or no, I read a book called Just Add Butter. It's fabulous. Um but she like thinks she's pregnant. And so she procrastinates taking a pregnancy test, which if you listen to a certain episode, you know that I did the same, but just in general, we do that where it's like, even though it's not serving and like the facts are what the facts are, regardless whether you know it or not, we still like procrastinate when it's something that we don't want to know. So that was the same with the car where I'm like, I know it's shaking. The one mechanic said it's new tires. That seems really expensive, not to mention if there's anything else they find that's, or, or like I'm nervous that they'll fix the, the tires and then the car's still going to be shaking and all this stuff, right? That becomes a much more, much more of a financial investment. And I'm feeling like 
on that edge, right? Of like, do I invest more in this vehicle or do I start looking for a new vehicle, especially now that I would qualify for financing, whereas after Texas, it would take me some time to build that back up again. I don't know, right? This is all out of my fucking element. I don't know how I'm 30 and I haven't figured this shit out yet, but let's not be hard on myself because there are people older who haven't figured other stuff out. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, right? I'm just sharing with you mine. Um, so as my own mama, I was like, what I can do to start as my baby step is to call the mechanics, the tire shop people and get a quote. So I had it on my to-do list most days. And every time like I missed a day, I would add it to the next day. Like we're going to get it done. I put it on like my weekly goals, um, to get it done at some point. So I ended up calling and got a quote and he shocked me. He was like, okay, what size are your tires? And I read the whatever on the inside of my car. And he was like, oh yeah, those are like actually pretty cheap tires. He's like, I don't have any used right now, but new won't be that much. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And he's like, yeah, and for new all season tires, it's like $80 a tire. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, and then how much is installation? He's like, installation included. And I was like, what? And then he starts going off on all these perks that come with buying a new set of tires, like this this gift card and free tire rotations and all this stuff. And I'm like, hearing blah, 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 blah. Cause all I'm hearing is $80 a tire. That is so fucking affordable. I will absolutely do that for myself before I go down to Texas. And when I'm driving these kids around. So I'm like, when can you fit me in? And he's like, tomorrow work. I'm like, yep. So mamas, I was my own mama with my car and she's got four brand new all season tires. The car is no longer shaking. It's fixed. Um, but within that process, I also was like applying for financing and stuff for newer vehicles and booked an appointment at a local car dealership. My dad and stepmom are like the best people to car shop with. They know their research. They know their stuff. They're very like organized and meticulous and litigious. And I don't know what that word means, but it sounds fancy. So we're going with it. And they're the people that I want on board. So I was like, would you guys like come with me and check this out? And they were more than happy. They were like, yes, hundred percent. We'll go out for lunch or brunch after. So I'm like, perfect. So we go to the dealership. And at this point, my car is not shaking anymore, right? Like there are things about Georgia that I don't love. Like there's a crack in the side mirror that drives me kind of crazy. Um, and the like the locks, there's no fob. So I have to manually do it like from the driver's side every time. And it's annoying when my hands are full or when the kids are there, right? Like it's tricky. The other thing that's happened a couple times, not that this even matters. This is just me talking at this point, but like my car has locked me out before where like my key will not work. Um, and it happened a couple times in Texas and I thought it was just like when it was super, super hot, but it happened the other day here for the first time in like months. And I'm like, Oh fuck. So now I'm kind of like taken to the point of like leaving one door unlocked. But then that obviously is like, I don't want to do that. And then I always have to take all my valuables with me and 
whatever else. So these are things about Georgia that I do not love. However, when we went to the car dealership, I was test driving a couple cars and we were looking around at stuff at the bodies of these vehicles. And believe it or not, none of them were really screaming at me. I was like comparing everything to Georgia where I'm like, Georgia's a four door with a hatchback, but not an SUV. And everything else was like, even the crossovers were a little bit too big for me. But then like, it was like Georgia was the perfect size. I really liked the the color of Georgia compared to all the other ones, except there was one Toyota Yaris that was like this off white, like my dad called it a putty color, which I was obsessed with. And it was like a start push button, which I loved, obviously a lot newer, but it felt really crammed in there. And my little stepmom, Remy was like crammed kind of in the back and she wasn't complaining. She said, Oh no, I've got enough room. Da, da, da. But I'm like, it's not as spacious as Georgia, even though it looks a lot bigger on the outside. So basically this car appointment, it keeps my options open, right? Which, you know, I like to do, but also it made me really appreciate what I have with my car. And I realized like I've been procrastinating and neglecting my car because I've been overwhelmed about like, what if, right? Like what if it's a piece of shit and it's a piece of junk and it's going to break down and I'm putting more money into it and it's going to, you know, not last and stuff. But this is what I've got, you know, and I've already sunk like a ton of money into it this year. So what it, I'm just going to have it for one year, especially in this car market, like because it's got high mileage, there's there is no like return value for it really. So it makes more sense to hold on, to, excuse me, to hold on to what I've got um, and make that work. And for four new tires for $80 each, like that is an affordable expense. That's going to really last me in the long run. It's got all good bones on the inside. Sure, she's a little beat up on the outside on that one spot. But other than that, it's great on gas and all this stuff, right? So I was like, you know what? This isn't just my like beater car that I drove up from Texas. Like this is my vehicle that is really lovely. And it's and it, it's a blessing. Like a lot of people don't have a vehicle. It's nicer than some vehicles on the road. I do find myself comparing a lot to other vehicles and feeling inferior most of the time, but people think it's newer than it is like, and depending how well I take care of it, it looks a lot better. Right? So I realized I'm like, I'm going to take care of her this week. And this is what I do. Like I did furniture refurbishing, right? Like taking something old and refurbishing it, like making it new. I used to call it a breath of fresh air in your home, right? And that's kind of what I want to do with Georgia. So I deep cleaned the shit out of my car. I vacuumed it. I cleaned all the mats. I washed all the dashes. I windexed all the windows. I sprayed her down with the hose, which it was still kind of muddy. But then I was like, okay, I'm going for a car wash, right? I booked an undercoat spray, which I'm going to be getting done tomorrow, which there's another thing I appreciate about my car. It's never seen salt or snow on the underneath. There is no rust whatsoever. So it's got a totally great bottom, <laughs> Georgia. Um, and 
yeah, like once it was cleaned up, it was like, no, this is actually quite lovely. Um, and mamas, I told you my first piece of commitment was the 12 month lease for my apartment. My second piece of commitment is I changed my license plate, my Texas license plate to Ontario. So your girl is back. I will be officially visiting Texas in my Ontario car rather than returning to Texas with my Texas car. So I'm kind of excited. I showed my parents. I was like, notice anything different about Georgia? They were like, sweetie. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so another little baby step of commitment, putting my roots down, mamas. Um, yes. So I am excited about that. So I got an oil change done, gotten the under sprayed. I went through a car wash, got her all cleaned up, cleaned the inside, got the four new tires, no longer shaking. And the other bonus thing was when we were at the car lot, Remy was taking pictures of the mirror and stuff. And her brother-in-law is like super handy with stuff. So she's going to ask him if he knows any like quick fixes that we could do. Because I did look up what it would cost to replace the mirror. And that's just like, it's stupid. It's like $400 plus I'd have to get it sprayed. Oh, it's stupid. So things are looking up as far as a vehicle goes. The other bonus bonus is, so this is kind of sweet mamas. When dad and Remy and I went out for breakfast after the car shop, the car, car dealership, which basically just made me appreciate my car. Um, Remy said like how dad was pretty much losing sleep over the idea of me driving down to Texas with the tires that I had, which I would have had no idea. My dad is like, didn't, didn't mention that at all. Right. But I found that pretty like sweet and endearing. Um, and I realized like, no, I do have to be my own mama. I do have to walk the walk here, not just talk the talk. So that was a sweet, like touching. Oh, my dad does care about that stuff. Um, so Georgia's in tip top. And then the other beautiful thing, mamas, I told you about Texas and how it kicked my ass, it whooped my ass round one and round two, though we're kind of at a tie. Round one, Texas definitely kicked my ass. Round two, I mean, I finished strong with that travel trailer. By the skin of my teeth, I think I won that round. But round three will be not the hardest in the sense that, like I say, right, once you've started doing hard stuff, it's not that it becomes easier. It just becomes less hard in some ways. So going down there in some ways, it'll be less hard. But the idea of this book is starting to, like, I'm starting to feel the gravity of what it could be in the sense that Part of me has always wanted to share my story, but I didn't know how to do it. Um, and every time I would like share something, even like if I shared a vulnerable status or something on Facebook, some like emo lyric or something, it, it wasn't, it was like, it's not quite 
right. Like it's feeling good to purge a little bit, but not like in a way that feels like I can keep following this trail. But with this book, it does feel like this is going to be basically me battling my demons and talking about it and like describing it. Like people ask me all the time, like, or well, people ask, like, what do battling your demons even mean? Like, what does that even mean? How do you do that? Right. And I'm like, literally just like, I don't know, listen to podcasts and see where it leads you, you know, like, but as far as actually breaking it down and what that looked like for me, I'm going to try and get a grasp of it and write it down. Um, and funny enough, mamas, this kind of ties into something that we were chatting about after Breon's birthday was that at his work, they had him take the Myers-Briggs personality test, which I've told you before, I love personality tests. I love all things like that. I am a narcissist in that way. Tell me all the things about me. And the Myers-Briggs personality test is not like psychologically sound as far as the research goes. They don't really support it because it has low reliability and validity in the sense of like, you could take the test one year and score one personality test and then take the test another year and score a different personality test. And I will say I fluctuated um, around. However, the most core me is always going to be ENFJ, which I will break down what that means. But that that is just me through and through, okay? And you can see yourself in different contexts as far as like work goes or with your family or with your friends and might get different outcomes, which is why the research doesn't really support Myers-Briggs. But I think it's the most fun. And you know what? Sometimes it is nice to be boxed up and categorized in a way. Um, but for just out of interest sake, the most psychologically sound personality scale is called the big five. At least it was when I was in school. Um, and so we can go through it quickly, mamas, if you want to like know where you are in all of this for both personality tests. But for the big five, I call it the ocean test. That's how I remember the acronym for the five facets of personality. The thing with ocean that's like less fun than Myers-Briggs, in my opinion, is that each facet, it's like a scale. So it doesn't really like actually place you anywhere within a box or a context. It's just like, oh, you're high O, low C, high E, like, right? It's just kind of informative. I think it's more like used for therapists and stuff to get a gauge with their client. But if you're interested on where you scale as far as the five main facets of personality goes, We'll just do that first and then we'll get into Myers-Briggs. This is what I really wanted to talk about, like my car and personality tests. <laughs> um, so the big five first is O for openness. So if you feel like you are high on openness versus low on openness, as far as like, I kind of liken this to a bit of judgment as well. Like if you can listen to different people's perspectives and, and, religions and cultures and like keep an open mind to these things, you'd have high openness. Whereas if you're lower on openness, then you kind of like see the world as more black and white. You're more fixed and rigid in what you think and feel. Um, 
and that is O. C is conscientiousness, and this trait is similar to Myers-Briggs, which we'll get to, but conscientiousness is your scale rating of how organized versus whimsical you are. So on the one end, you've got like rigid, um, inflexible, calculated, organized to a, to a max. And on the other side, you've got like no spine or order or any sort of structure. Like you're just go with the flow to the point of like maybe flaky, can't really be counted on. So obviously, you know, there is that balance in the middle. And then usually people will tilt one way more than the other. Oh, for the record, I would say I scale, I score highly in, in openness and more so high in conscientious than low. Um, E is extroversion. So we know introverted, extroverted, the extremes of that. And again, right, you can score higher at work and lower at home. Like, obviously that will depend, but just overall. And if you're ever like torn on between the two, look at your actions. Like, what do your actions tell you? Are you portraying more extroverted? Are you out like three or four nights a week? Or are you portraying more introverted? Like you're in every night of the week versus, or like just, you know, what what resonates for you? You're the only one that can score yourself, right? You know yourself better than anybody else. Even though other people, they do do tests where like other people say, I am like this, has questions to answer for yourself, but you are self-reporting at the end of the day. Maybe a licensed psychiatrist would be able to determine this for you, but I feel like we know ourselves best. So as far as like, where are you on the extrovert introvert scale? I've definitely fluctuated within my life, but me at my core, like the most me, I would say I am more extroverted, um, but I am pretty like balanced in the middle. I definitely need my rest and recharge time alone in order to thrive. But then when I'm not around people for too long, I get like depressed and like anxious and in my head really quick. So I'm more extroverted, I would say. Um, next is agreeable. So if you're highly agreeable versus low on agreeability, high is like you want um, harmony, you get along with people, Sometimes you can do like people pleasing, right? Like you might not even have your own opinions depending how agreeable you are versus not agreeable. Again, it's kind of that like inflexible, maybe you like conflict or um, you are not afraid to feel how you feel and make that vocal and known and however harsh or brash that may come across. So I would say I definitely lean more on the agreeable scale. I <laughs> I don't like to stir the pot as much as I can, even though you have seen other sides of that. But my na- my nature is to be more agreeable. Lastly is N is for neuroticism. And that basically is, um, it's actually a factor that Myers-Briggs has incorporated as of now in their updated personality test. But basically, like highly neurotic is you feel stress a lot. You don't, you feel overwhelmed a lot. You don't always know how to manage your emotions. It's more like turbulent in your experience um, versus low on neuroticism is like 
you're calm, you feel like you can handle what life throws at you. Um, you can be more like assertive in your communication rather than like passive or aggressive, which is more neurotic. And I've definitely been high on neuroticism in my life, but I would say I score actually in the Myers-Briggs, I scored higher on neuroticism than I thought, but I am still less neurotic than more neurotic. So anyway, interesting to kind of gauge where you're at with that. It's good to know like who we are in order to, you know, relate how we do to our, to ourselves and the world around us and other people. Damn it. I just spilt my coffee on my white shirt. Ah, hold up. <laughs> what was that about being low on the neuroticism scale as I just <laughs> freaked out that I spilt coffee? Um, fun fact, coffee doesn't just come out with a quick rinse. I had to Google this, but apparently you need dishwashing detergent and vinegar. So my shirt is soaking. We will finish this pod a la sports bra. It's all good. Um, so anyway, so that's the ocean personality test. What I find quite fascinating, and I have loved this test since high school, is the Myers-Briggs personality test. And this is actually something that I pride myself on as far as like, uh, <laughs> this sounds terrible, but like categorizing people. <laughs> like, like, and it's not, I don't mean to be a, in a judgmental way, but like almost like as a curious little puzzle analytical. This is why I love like astrology and like Hogwarts houses and stuff. I just like knowing people like where do they fit? Where, what are you like? Like, I don't know. I just find it really fascinating and interesting. And so as far as Myers-Briggs go, like I can usually place people pretty accurately as far as like which of the 16 categories they fit into. <gasps> Not to brag, but Okay, so the way that you can do Myers-Briggs is there are four facets of personality and it's a binary answer versus which one you lean towards. So all of those possible combinations equal 16 total types. Some types are more common than others. Some are less common. And then there's four main categories of types with four subcategories of each, if that makes sense. So how do I want to break this down? Because I am obsessed with this type and I want to do it justice. Um, so there's four categories, like I said, and there's a binary answer for each of the four categories. So the first category is extrovert introvert, which you've already talked about. The second category is intuitive versus sensing. So I hope I can do this category justice because this is where people normally get kind of confused as far as which one they belong to. Intuitive is somebody that <laughs> you can already guess which one I am. Off. I do try to be balanced, but intuitive is like go with your gut. Believing and feeling is more important than like what's tangible. Um, it's like more spiritual, uh, about like relational, like things that you can't necessarily see, but those, that's what drives you. Like emotions are more so what drive you than 
Um, sensing is like very practical and kind of like, um, sensory, like you would rather like go with the pleasures that are in front of you or just the reality that is like, I mean, it can be fun or exciting on both ends. It depends really how you interpret it. But that one, I kind of always struggle to explain, but that's like the difference between intuitive and sensing. One is a little more like emotional, relational, and the other one is a bit more like concrete, practical, tangible. Okay. Next is feeling versus thinking. So feeling is more like warm, higher on agreeable. If you're talking about ocean, the ocean scale, um, you're like a people person, you are approachable, like you engage with people in a positive way or like an affectionate way. You can be a bit more playful, um, like warm. Thinking is more like cool and aloof, calculated. You're not just going to smile for the sake of smiling. Like it might take a little more effort to make you laugh. You might have a more dry sense of humor. Um, funny enough, Breon thought that I was this, but anyway, um, lastly is judging or perceiving. And so a judging is like, it's not really a great term for it, but judging is more like organized, scheduled, routined. You thrive more on, you know, that, that type of mentality. You're someone that other people can count on or like you like lists and to-dos and stuff. And then perceiving is more like whimsical, fly by the seat of your pants. Like you, you prefer creative bursts than like organized routine. So before, yeah, before I get into mine, I'll talk about the four categories, the four patterns of people that they find within these archetypes. So the first is SP. If you have any combination with sensing and perceiving in your chart, which is adventurers. Um, I personally love SPs. I wish I was one <laughs> often. Um, they're like fun, sexy, like creative. Um, they're just, I've, I honestly have found myself attracted to SPs over and over again in my dating life, but I can't hold them down. And that's also part of their beauty. Like they're not meant to be hold down. If when you talk about like flowers and just being and let life come to them, they're really, really naturally good at this. And they can just experience the heat of the moment, the passion of the moment full heartedly and let go and move on to what's next. Like whatever that next moment is. Um, yeah, like I say, I could go on and on about this category. I, I love the adventurers. They're awesome. Next is the combination SJ. And I love this group as well. Myers-Briggs classifies them as the guardians. And I will say I've had quite a few guardians in my life as far as like Breon's a classic example of this. My dad and stepmom are like this. Um, they're basically like salt of the earth, good, hardworking people who want to do right by the world in their way. And they'll putter and get things done. And they're efficient. Like the guardians, I friggin' love them. Okay. Every guardian I meet, I'm like, you're just, you're just great. Okay. I wish I was like that in the sense that like, they're just people that 
are not afraid of hard work. They get it done. They're reliable. They're people you can count on and just usually very good people. So that's the guardians. The next classification are the rationals, which I have a healthy appreciation for this group of people. Um, Interestingly enough, Myers-Briggs always recommends that like my type and rationals are the best pairing, although I don't find myself typically attracted to this type. So that's kind of funny. Um, But the rationals are like those intellectual people that like are not afraid to share countercultural thoughts or like they like to talk about documentaries or like bring stuff up that's just like they want to debate and they want to talk about the the intellectual parts of life. Um yeah, I, I find them very interesting, but not necessarily romantically compatible, but I love their way of being. I love that in a friendship. They make me think. Um actually one of my good friends is definitely this and we could talk for hours and hours. So I do respect and love a good rational. And lastly, there's the intuitives. (laughs) You guessed it. That's me. Um, This is really turning into a long podcast because I am obsessed. Okay. I love personality types and this week has just been eventful. But anyway, The intuitives are apparently the most rare type, which it's like not to brag. I feel like a freak most of the time and I wish I could just fit in and blend in a little bit more, um, which is why I got to learn to keep my mouth shut. So it's not so like, you know, not trying to make other people uncomfortable out here, but I just got to be me, I guess. But um, they're kind of like the, the spiritual, like love bugs of the earth. Like if we're talking about divergent, they're the amity, but also they could be divergent because that's how I resonate. But anyway, so within the intuitives, my personality type is ENFJ, extroverted, intuitive, feeling, judging. And I'd say I'm fairly balanced on quite a few, but this is me at the core It is embarrassing, mamas. Like, if you want to get to know me, like, inside and out me, read the description on ENFJ. I, like, I'm just going to read you the quick, like, blurb. (laughs) Okay, like, I'm, oh, I just, I'm cringing at at me, but this is me. So I'm trying to practice compassion and, like, self-acceptance and stuff, but this is legit, legit fucking me protagonist, the ENFJ is, they call it the protagonist. Protagonists feel called to serve a greater purpose in life. Thoughtful and idealistic, these personality types strive to have a positive impact on other people and the world around them. They rarely shy away from an opportunity to do the right thing, even when doing so is far from easy. Okay. Okay. And my little, like, picture of what the protagonist looks like is this dude like holding up a sword standing on a mountain like (laughs) I'm I'm embarrassed but this is me mamas okay let's talk about the weaknesses which I know like so when you if you do your own you can like read the overview strengths and weaknesses romance friendships parenthood career workplace and conclusion 
all of that, I would encourage you to do for yourself. The, t- the test takes like five minutes to do online. I'll leave it linked. This is my accountability to actually do that because I've been slacking on leaving those resources, but I will do that. Um, so mamas, y'all know me pretty well, but the weaknesses of moi, ENFJ, plus some other fun ones, but they are unrealistic, overly idealistic, can be condescending, intense, and overly empathetic. And yes, I'm going to add sensitive to this as well, like overly emotional and sensitive. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that came up. We were talking about that for Breon's birthday. And um, I wanted to share that with you mamas because, as you know, I took psych and that was the only thing that I found interesting enough to take in school. And a lot of that was to do with personalities. I find that stuff very interesting. And especially when I am relating to myself and the world around me, I really like to, like I say, get to know people and who they are and um, all that stuff. So, c'est moi. Um, next on my list will be to reach out and figure out Texas accommodations. Like I say, if there's one thing I learned, it's to keep my options open, put in some backup plans and be my own mom at the end of the day. So, um, it's interesting. My devotional this morning was about like letting go of over planning and that's how you can feel peace and experience that like connection. But I would argue, and I do argue all the time with my devotional is you need the balance. Like I agree over planning and micromanaging. It's not going to serve you or others depending like who you are in the situation. But for me, you know, I was whimsical and fully trusting God and no plans whatsoever. Round one in Texas and it beat my ass, it beat my sorry ass. So this time I've got to come around with a bit more strategy and game plan. And we're in September now. So I'm already starting to plan for January and I want to make this the most successful trip that I can. Um for many reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into another time. But for now, mamas, that was just the fun stuff that was on my heart to share this week. And let me know which personality type you are. I would be fascinated to know. If you know me in real life, I bet you I already know. (laughs) Um, I think I will just leave it at that this week, mamas. Um, if you are here, if you have listened to me talk and ramble about my story and experience and car and personality stuff, like, oh, God love you. What are you doing with your sweet soul to spend it with me? Thank you. It means more than you know. So thank you. And until next week, mamas, take care.